0: All right, so I would like to welcome you. My name's Christian. I am, uh, Jonathan told me I need to say I'm the lead pastor, which I hate because it, it sounds, I am the lead pastor. Um, you know, I don't care, but I, I technically I am, you know. so um, And uh, here at City Light, we just love being together. We had a great night last night at our, at our marriage night event. A lot of you made it out. Um, the food was delicious. And I will be celebrating last night on into the... To today and tomorrow, because I took home the leftovers. So that's what happens when you're the lead pastor, you get the leftovers. So, um, but if, it's, if you're here for your first time, we are so glad that you're here. Um, A little bit about City Light. We built this church, I mean, uh, you know, in the metaphorical sense. We didn't actually build this building. uh, But we believe church is not a building. It's a people who are on a mission together. And our mission, um, I think every church has different ones. Our mission is to seek, love, and care for people like Jesus does. And specifically, we are trying to find and invite and love and care for people who have not been to church in a long time, maybe never been to church, maybe been hurt by the church in the past. So Um, We're just excited if you're here, and maybe you haven't been to church in a while, you belong here, you you found the right place, and we're excited you're here. Um, The other thing we're excited about is serving the poor and people who are less fortunate than us, and so we do that on a monthly basis. We partner with a bunch of different nonprofits. Um, we don't have any slides about that today, but if you come enough regularly, you'll hear us talk about that. So those are some of the big wins for us. We're gonna be continuing our series. We've been talking about relationships. Everybody has relationships, right? We've, we all have relationships. It could be friendships. It could be family-ships. Um, it could be spouse-ships. All right, so we all have relationships. Here's what we've covered so far. We talked about loneliness. Uh, in the first week, we talked about how Jesus... If we want to follow Jesus' model, he moves towards lonely people and, and then welcomes them into community. We talked about being present. We had our awesome panel up here of distinguished guests. And by the way, if you missed any of these, they're all online and they're on iTunes. You can go listen to them. Uh, we talked about with our panel how to be present in the midst of a very busy life. And uh, yes, not yesterday. Feels like yesterday. Uh, last week, Jonathan talked about being a friend who um, isn't just a shallow friend, but is uh, someone who really offers a depth. So today we're going to talk about forgiveness. And, you know, there's, we could talk about relationships all year when we could come up with probably 52 relevant topics, right? Um, we're only doing four. Don't worry. Um, but forgiveness is, is going to be something that we're all going to have to deal with if we're going to have relationships. If we're going to be in friendships, if we're going to be kids or parents, if we're going to be spouses, we're going to have to learn how to forgive. And uh, something happens occasionally to me when I know that I'm going to teach on a topic. Things happen in my life about that topic. And I don't know if that's God or what, but um, yeah, I kind of think it's God. So anyway, I I can't blame this next story on God because it's not really a good story. But um, so I was in the shower (laughs) and I... I do a lot of thinking in the shower. Don't worry, I'm not getting, like, a picture out or anything. Um, I, just need, I just need a clock so I don't go too long here. Wow, there's a lot of questions from this. All right. Thank you. Sorry. I just, I would talk till I got hungry. Um, so I need the clock there. So I was in the shower, and I was, you know, do you ever just kind of get inside your head and start just rolling thoughts around, like, cycle, 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 cycle? So, okay. I can't tell you what it is. <laughs> Um, but I got upset about something that is like older, like it's, it's not recent, but I was just thinking about it, and I haven't ever, I haven't ever resolved this thing, and I've, it's kind of like, you know how when you're upset about something, you kind of make a decision, I either go confront this, you know, entity and deal with it, or I choose to like let it go. And sometimes when we choose to let it go, there's like, you know, we are very, varying degrees of success with actually letting it go. So I was just remembering this thing that I had so self-righteously let go, and it was like, you know what, and, and I started, do you ever do the thing where you start to have the argument that you wish you could have in real life? Man, I was crushing them. I mean, you should have, I mean, I don't want you to have seen it, you know, because like I was in the shower, but you could, if you had heard my uh, my arguments, right, I mean, I was like, I was on fire, I was telling these people off right and left and you know, I wasn't using any curse words, but I was thinking them. You know, I was like, but I was staying righteous, staying holy. And, and I, <clears throat> by the time I got out of the shower, man, I was mad. I got in the shower. Generally, the shower is one of my favorite parts of the day. Have I said shower a lot? I apologize. Um, my shower, though, is is like this. It's like it's like a, a box of marble is what it is. Like the, Not marble, but tile. And you get in, and all the steam stays in with you. So it is like... All right, right, we're well, moving on. So I, I really like it. Um, if you ever visit our house, I'll let you see it um, while it's empty. So uh, I felt like, I got, I, I, and then I came upstairs and I was like, you know, just kind of like grumpy. And I had like a grumpy interaction with Mandy, who's my wife. And, like, and, and, and I could tell she was like, what happened to you? You know, and I was just like <clears throat> kind of huffing and puffing. I left for work, got out of my car and I was driving. And I was like, man, I was a jerk. I'm really upset. Why am I so upset? Oh, right. And I started thinking about, man, I really don't think I've forgiven these people, (laughs) obviously. You know, like, I'm really smart. And if you hang around me a lot, you'll see I'm very deep spiritually and very, very smart. So it only took me about 45 minutes. I got to work, and I texted Mandy, and I was like, hey, sorry for being such a jerk. Um, And I told her why, and, you know, she felt bad for me. Like, it was really nice of her. But I started, I was driving, I was thinking, how do I get rid of this? I mean, it's been a while. It's been, like, maybe a year how do I move past this? I I don't, I mean, I've thought about it. I really don't think it would be beneficial to do the whole confrontation thing. In general, I recommend confrontations. Um, I hate them, but I recommend them to others um, because it's good for you. Okay. I've heard, Um, but I really don't like them. No, but there's a time to confront and there's a time where you need to just forgive and, and move on. And I'm trying, trying to do that. And I was praying, God, how do I let this go? How do I Forgive them because unforgiveness is just is just like it's hurting me, like it's taking the offense and making it that much worse. It's it's tying me up and binding me up. Have you ever felt that? I mean, I don't know if you guys are are perfect or what, but like you probably have some some issues where you you've like okay. Let's think about some issues that you've had to forgive or maybe you haven't yet forgiven. And listen, we're going to talk about forgiveness today. (laughs) Did did you pick that up yet? and for some of us, this is going to touch on some really sore spots. And I want to just recognize that. Like, I don't want to be, I don't want you to feel like we're glossing over this. For some people, when you hear forgiveness, you think of a very traumatic experience in your life. It could have been abuse. It could have been neglect. And so I don't want to make light of anyone's um, experience and just say, we well, just forgive them, right? So I know we have varying degrees. For some, it's like that, and, and, and it's been longstanding. For some, it's a chronic thing. It's, it's about parents or, or your childhood. For some, it's, it's very recent. It could even be something that happened this morning, you know, or, or recently in your marriage that you know, like, you've kind of walked past it, but it's, like, festering, right? And you know it's going to come up again, and it's going to be ugly, right? And that's the, one of those things. You try to bury it. So what do you do? What do you do with that forgiveness? And I was always told, like, to forgive because the Bible tells you so. Is that good enough? I mean, I'll tell you what, when I was in the shower, it was not good enough, right? I mean, just because the Bible tells me so doesn't give me any handles. It doesn't give me anything that I can really do in life. You know, or, or you need to forgive because if you don't, God won't forgive you. Have you heard that one? Like, that's scary. And, and I think on purpose, there are times when we are told things to motivate us to do what's right with fear and shame and guilt and, and the, the, the threat of punishment. And I, I just don't see God saying, I hope you forgive people out of fear and the threat of my punishment, right? I don't think that that's God's heart. So I think if, if that's your motivation to forgive because the Bible tells you so, or because if you don't, you know, you're gonna be in trouble, I think we're missing something of God's heart for forgiveness. Forgiveness should really come from a place of humility, from a, from a place of gratitude, and from a place of love. And so, um, we're going to talk about forgiveness today, and I want to see, uh, we're going to look to what Jesus has to say about forgiveness, because, you know, it's church. So, um, oh, first, before we do that, I want to talk about some reasons that we don't forgive. I think this is true. So I'm not saying that we intentionally say, I will not forgive you, although sometimes I think that is true with, with severe cases of trauma and things like that. And uh, But in just normal, everyday life, I think we hold on to unforgiveness, because Number one reason, I think, is it feels like if we forgive them, we excuse them for what they did. It feels like if we forgive them, we're saying, what you did was, was all right. In fact, some people, when you go ask for their forgiveness, what do they say? It's okay. It's okay. Which it's not. In fact, I, I counsel my kids and people, you know, teenagers I work with in our church and stuff, I counsel them to, to not say that. If someone asks your forgiveness, don't say it's okay. Because it's not. If it's okay, then they don't need to ask your forgiveness. Right? It's, it's not okay, it wasn't okay, it was hurtful, it was painful, it broke my trust, and yet I choose to forgive you. If, you. if it was okay, if I was fine, if it's all right, if it's don't worry about it, then why are we talking about forgiveness? Forgiveness isn't glossing over something that wasn't that big of a deal. Forgiveness is choosing, okay, we're going to talk about this more, but choosing to release your anger and your resentment and your vengeance even if the person doesn't deserve it. So sometimes we don't forgive because we, don't, we, we feel like it's excusing. And sometimes we, we're just too angry. And there's this thing that some people say is, you don't have to forgive till you feel like forgiving. I'm going to tell you what, right now, that's not true. I don't, I don't think forgiveness is a feeling. And I think that's true about a lot of stuff in life. And we, you know, we have this, like, well, you, you, know, you have your own mind. You make up your own mind. Like, you know, don't do anything you don't feel like doing. I don't know where that came from, but that's a really scary way to live your life. Like, if your feelings dictate how you live your life, man, you're on a roller coaster, and I hope you have a lot of seatbelts, because emotions are so unpredictable, and I, I'm, I'm an emotional guy. I mean, I cry at commercials on a regular basis, so, um, you know, like those, those uh, Sarah McLaughlin puppy commercials, I mean, those are moving. Um, we're too, but I think sometimes we're like, well, I don't feel like forgiving you. Okay, that's understandable. Right? But is that is that a block for forgiveness? Sometimes we, we just like to nurse our resentment, to be honest. We just want to stew. All right? But what we're going to talk about is when we choose not to forgive, it actually makes life worse for us. You're not punishing them as much as you're punishing yourself. All right, so let's turn to Jesus. What does Jesus have to say? This is what Jesus has to say. Sometimes the first step to forgiveness <laughs> is realizing the other person was born an idiot, okay? I just feel like, I feel like Jesus has a lot of wisdom here. Um, he's got a whole lot of symbols on his chest. He's got like a cross, some fire, the heart, a crown of thorns. I mean, he went all, he went out. So uh, yeah, is that wrong to do a meme of Jesus in church? Some of you are like, oh my gosh, he's going to hell. All right, um, I like the ones where he's doing the thumbs-up one. Pretty much you can write anything you want on that picture, and I think it's funny. Um, okay, so but for real, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna talk about a story—not uh, a story, but a, a lesson that Jesus gave. So this is written by a guy named Matthew who is one of Jesus' followers. And what is so amazing about this is that Matthew, of all people, gets forgiveness— So maybe you've never read the Bible before, or maybe you've only heard people say, the Bible tells me so, right? In in the Bible, you're like, I don't know if I believe the Bible. It's just this huge book, and who's in charge of what gets in the Bible? Just throw that aside for a second. Let's talk about this guy named Matthew. This guy named Matthew, all right? This is historically accurate about this guy who walked on earth. He was a tax collector. And so if you've been around, you've heard this before, but I just want to let you know, this was like, this was like um, the lowest of the low for the Jewish society, where Jesus is talking to these Jews. Matthew, okay, Jesus finds Matthew in a different part of, of, this, of this book written by Matthew. He, taught, he kind of tells on himself. Right? And he was a tax collector who would extort his own people, right? So the Romans were an occupying country, and Matthew would collect taxes for Rome, from the Jews, but he would skim off the top. So if they owed 10%, he'd collect 40%. And he would keep the 30 for himself. So he, the Jews, hated this guy. And yet Jesus walks up to Matthew in this beautiful story of how Jesus breaks down all the barriers that people like to put up. And he says, Matthew, I'm coming to your house for dinner tonight. Can you imagine Matthew? Me? Don't you know? Jesus, I heard you were pretty smart, but I'm a tax He's like, no, no, it's good. Invite all your friends. So Jesus goes to Matthew's house and has dinner with all the tax collectors. Can you imagine being one of his followers, like Peter? They're like standing outside the house like, I cannot believe we're here. If anybody sees me here. Have you ever ended up in one of those places where you're like, oh, man, how did I get here? Right? It's like every time I go to the city and try to find like cheap parking, and then I get out of my car, and I'm like, "Uh uh-oh. Right? Um, Okay. So this is Matthew writing this story, all right? And he, and he ta- tells about an exchange that, that they had with Jesus. So Peter came up to Jesus and said, Lord, so how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Now listen, this just shows the arrogance of Peter, right? So the Jewish law was to three times, right? So it's like, you, you hurt me once, you hurt me twice. Three times and you're out. It was very, you know, they, they loved baseball in ancient uh, Israel. So um, he, he, he ups, he's like up to seven times, I'm so righteous and holy. And Jesus is like, no, I tell you, not seven times, but seventy-seven times. Alright? So and there's another place, actually, another translation that says 70 times seven, but whatever. So Matt Peter's like, 77? Man, I'm gonna have to get like an app for that, like you know, the the, the unforgiveness app, and I'm gonna have to like keep track, like, oh man, we're at 69, almost there. The point isn't actually 77 times. The point is don't keep track. Jesus is saying, it's not limited. Your your forgiveness is not limited because my forgiveness is not limited. So he's like, let me tell you a story. It's what Jesus does all the time. So the kingdom of heaven is like, and when he says kingdom of heaven, he's just talking about what it's like if Jesus were in charge. Okay? If Jesus were in charge, this is what it would be like. So it's like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants, and he began the settlement, and there was a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold. All right? This is... For everyone in the audience, like we read that and we're like, hmm, that sounds like a lot of gold, right? Jesus was making an exaggeration. This is like me telling this story and be like, so guys, there's this guy who owed me $18 billion, right? I mean, he was just exaggerating. No one would ever be able to pay that off, and no one would ever be in that much debt. Do you understand? So this is just a total exaggeration for effect, so this guy who owes more than could ever be paid back is brought to him. He's not able to pay so the master ordered that he, his wife, and his children all that he had be sold to repay the debt, which, side note, wouldn't cover it, okay, because you'd get like a piece of gold per kid, so unless he had a lot of kids. All right, at this, the servant fell on his knees before him. He said, be patient with me. He begged, now will pay you back. This is ironic because patience is what he's asking for, but patience would do him no good. He'd spend the rest of his life and never pay this back. So start to get the analogy, just going backwards in time here a little bit. The king represents God, and this guy represents us. And what we owe to God is something we could never pay back on our own. So we don't need to, we're not like, God, be patient with us. I'll get better. Someday I'll be perfect, God. No. He's like, no, you don't need patience you need forgiveness. So the servant's master took pity on him and canceled the debt and let him go. Can you imagine how exciting that would be? This is what God does for us. And, and you know, maybe you're here today and you've never said, like, I want to be a follower of Jesus. This is a picture of when we, when I say I follow Jesus, I'm a, I believe in Jesus, this is what I mean. I feel that I have a debt that I owe to God, that I'm not perfect. It took me a while to realize that, um, that I'm selfish and greedy and mean and, um, you know, whatever. You, the list goes on. We did this a couple teachings ago. Go listen to it. I told about all my problems. Um, and, and, and God said to me, listen, you're forgiven. And I've become a follower of Jesus because he's released me. He's freed me. And so maybe that sounds good to you here today. I'm kind of like doing a little side tangent here. Like, think about that. Like, wouldn't it be nice to not have to be responsible for your own debt, that God can cancel the debt that you have? You can cancel the weight of shame or guilt or, or pain that you carry in your life. That's what Jesus offers. But when the servant found out, uh, no, I'm sorry. When the servant went out, then he found a fellow servant who owed him 100 silver coins. Now, I want to just say a couple of things. If you've heard this teaching, you know, this verse taught on before, a lot of times the preacher will say, which was nothing. It's actually, not true. A hundred silver coins is something. It was about a hundred days' wages, which I think is interesting. Because I think Jesus is very smart when he tells stories. So he's not saying, um, like, I'm trivializing when you get hurt by people. I'm trivializing when you have to forgive. He's saying, Listen, I know it sucks. Like, you've been hurt. This is a lot to pay back. $17,000 would be a lot to pay back. Right? I, that's me, by the way. That's not in the Bible. I just made that up. I took the average salary, annual salary, and it divided it by 365 and times it by 100. What do you think, Alex? Thank you very much. All right. So, mathematician on the side. All right. So, he grabbed him, and he began to choke him. Pay me back what you owe me. I mean, isn't that a great picture of what we want to do when people hurt us? Right, and we just want to throttle them. I have no experience with anger. This week, though, I was playing basketball, and um, and I decided to tell this story. And there's one person I'm hoping doesn't listen to this teaching. So, just don't tell Dr. Okay. So there's this friend of mine, Dr. And he plays basketball. I actually, Dr. and I are good. We're friends. We, we talked about it afterwards. But uh, my son, Elliot, was playing basketball. And, it, and it's starting to get a little chippy, get a little intense, mostly because of Jonathan. And um, <laughs> True, right? It's always true. And, I, and I, I turn around to see this adult man, like, pushing Elliot. Two hard times. And, and so there's a genetic thing that runs in our family um, my dad, I can remember me as a kid, we played basketball. And the only time i ever seen my dad almost get in a fight is when people would foul me. Um, one time he tried to pick a fight with this guy who's like 6'3 like and all muscle. And I was like, Dad, this is, this is not going to end well for either of us. What are you doing? And, and so I just, I, I just saw red. And I was like, what are you doing? You know, take your hands off my son. You know, it's church basketball, by the way. Um, <laughs> just so you know. And I, you know, I, and, and like, there's like thoughts in your head, like, don't say that, don't say that, don't say that. And you just, I, you you know, you just like cut that part of myself off, you know? And I just, you know, I talked to him for a while. Um, But I'll tell you what I wanted to do. I mean, I wanted to hit him. Really, I've never hit anybody in my life, but I wanted to hit him. I wanted to hurt him. I was very godly in that moment. And this is where we go, Right. So you get the irony, right? He gets forgiven billions. He won't forgive thousands. Okay. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me. Oh, that sounds familiar. Do you think that caught? No. He refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged. Interesting side note, often it's not you who sees when you're in the wrong. Have you ever noticed that? It's usually your wife. <laughs> or friends. Right? But other people, like Josh during basketball, will say, like, oh, uh, Christian, you're right there. You know, like, he actually, Josh will laugh whenever it's not him, because most of the time it's him. So he really enjoys when it's not him. And he's like, oh, getting chippy here. And he's like, all oh, self righteous and judgmental. Um, Tell me I'm wrong. Come on. Oh, uh, yeah, whatever. We'll see on the court today. <laughs> all right. So the master called the servant and he said, you wicked servant. I mean, can you imagine how mad this dude must have been? I canceled the debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? Now, Jesus says this in another another book where he says a very similar thing where he, he tells us, forgive each other as I have forgiven you. Just remember that, okay? So just as I had on you, in anger, the master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all the owed. And uh, this is how my heavenly father, this is like one of those verses where you're like, is this really in the Bible? Can we be totally transparent here? You would not have known if I didn't put this verse on there. I could have just stopped, should pay back all he owed. And I read this and I was like, this is dicey, but I just want to be authentic. Sometimes things in the Bible are hard. This is how my heavenly father will treat you. It's like heavenly father, he's setting you up. Oh, Heavenly father. He will throw you in prison and beat you, right? He'll treat you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. All right, let's just pause there for a second. I think this verse has been mishandled, too. I think people read that and they're like, if you don't forgive, you're going to hell, right? You got the boot. That's not what that's saying. In fact, what I think that's saying, I'm going to illustrate right now. So I have a friend who's going to help me illustrate this. But I think what this is saying is, when you and I choose not to forgive, when we choose to live in unforgiveness, we put ourselves in jail and are tortured. Now, I know this is a metaphor. You're not really going to jail. No one's really going to torture you. But when you and I live in unforgiveness, okay? I have no idea what he has brought, by the way. I trust you, Nathan. Oh, yes. Okay, so when we live in unforgiveness... I need to have this in my hands. All right. When we live in unforgiveness, what we do is we... Bind ourselves up. <laughs> Whatever you want to do. I thought about trying to tie myself up, but I don't know how to tie knots, to be honest. And, all right, so you really brought a lot of rope. Okay. <laughs> this is good. Get as tight as you want. I, I texted Nathan, oh, you want my legs closer together? All right. I texted Nathan and I said, hey, do you want to tie me up on stage? And I thought, I don't know, some people might react differently to that. He said it sounded fun. So, um, I don't know. That's pretty good. You can, you can do more if you want to. I can't really move now, which is good. All right. So, here's the thing. When we choose to forgive others as God chose to forgive us, we actually are choosing to free ourselves. So, the converse, dude, I'm going to fall. Alright, I'm not going to get any closer to the front, just in case. Um, So the converse is that when we choose not to forgive others, we tie ourselves up. Listen, in in unforgiveness, we often think that, I love to move when I talk, we often think that we're punishing them, like this is their issue, this is their problem, I'm so angry, I'm going to really stick it to them. When we walk in unforgiveness, the only person we're hurting is ourselves. We are hurting ourselves. Do you not believe me? I'm going to prove it to you. you. All right, thank you. So there's an enormous, this is from a, a Johns Hopkins psychologist, and um, there's, there's a bunch of, it's like, I, I found a bunch of different articles. Just trust me, whatever. All right, there's an enormous physical burden to being hurt and disappointed. This article is about forgiveness and unforgiveness. So there's an um, enormous physical, do you get that word right there? Right there. Physical burden. It's not an emotional burden. There's a physical burden, too, to being disappointed. Chronic anger puts you in fight-or-flight mode, which results in numerous changes in heart rate, blood pressure, immune response. These changes then increase the risk of depression, heart disease, diabetes. Forgiveness, however, calms stress levels leading to improved health. Here's a list of things I found through researching that get affected by unforgiveness. If there was anything else that I put all those up and I was like, Hey, um, don't smoke, for instance, or don't, whatever, eat a donut every day. These things will happen to you. You would probably, like, listen to my advice, right? This is what unforgiveness does to you, and it's, I'm not proving it from the Bible, okay? Jesus told us this, but I'm proving it from everyday research today, and you'll find the longer you follow Jesus and the more you read Jesus is that what Jesus said was true, and sometimes it takes us a while to catch up to it. Alright? So, all right, I want to just go back a second to this. When we choose to forgive others as God chose to forgive us, we actually are choosing to free ourselves. All right, so when I choose to forgive you, I'm like, I'm like Houdini. That's awesome. I got, I got my hand out. I, can I do this? Houdini, oh my gosh. That was good. For those of you who don't know, my last name's Dunn. Whew, I love a good it. You know what I'm saying, Mike? All right. Thanks, Nathan. Let's give Nathan a hand in his ropes. am not going to lie. That kind of hurt a little bit on my wrists. Okay. So you choose. You choose. Okay. You can, have, you can have these in your life, and they can be on you. And think about it. Like, did you see how I figured out how to, how to walk, sort of? I mean, you can have these things in your life for years and years and years, and you can figure out how to get by. But you're not living in the fullness. Like, what did Jesus say? He said, I have come to give you life to the fullness. He didn't come to restrict you or hurt you. He came to give you life. And yet when we walk in unforgiveness and we choose not to forgive, we choose to not be free. Okay? All right. So let's, we're going to end here. I want to just say what forgiveness is not. So I already said forgiveness is not a feeling. Forgiveness is not minimizing the grievance. So a lot of people struggle with forgiveness because they have a bad definition of it. Forgiveness is not necessarily reconciliation. It could lead to reconciliation, but it's not necessarily reconciliation. It's not always two-sided either, okay? So forgiveness isn't this horrible thing you did to me. I have to be your best friend again. I have to excuse what you've done. No, forgiveness is truth-telling. It's saying this happened, okay? Here, forgiveness is not just saying the words, though, it's an active process in which you make a conscious decision to let go of the negative feelings. A conscious decision to let go of the negative feelings. You make a choice to forgive. And as you release your anger, resentment, hostility, you begin to feel empathy, compassion. Now, this goes a little far. Sometimes even affection for the person. Like if it was a basketball thing, that's probably true. You know, you'll restore your friendship. I'm all, DNR, DR and I are good. We love each other. If, if you were abused or something really horrific or traumatic happened to you, I'm not expecting you to feel a lot of empathy, compassion, or affection. All right? We can choose to forgive and let go of the negative feelings. See, here's the thing, is we let the person continue to have power over us, don't we? When we dwell in unforgiveness, and we let that anger and that resentment fester, we let them still have power over us. And what Jesus wants for you is freedom. So you choose to forgive others as God chose to forgive you, you're actually choosing to free yourself. When you choose, when I choose, when we choose to forgive others, as God chose to forgive us. Remember, he's, he forgave so much. He's, he's freed you from so much. When we can forgive out of a heart of gratitude to God, when our forgiveness is less about the person and more about God and what he's doing in our life, we choose to forgive as God chose to forgive us. We can actually free ourselves. We can take off those those bondages of anger and resentment and pain and vengeance and, and just the repetition of reliving it over and over and over again. Like, like as I, I, you know, rethought about it and over in the shower and raised up all those feelings again and all that anger and all that self-righteousness and like it just, it didn't take me to a good place. It didn't solve anything for me. So a couple practical steps. Uh, the band can come back up. A couple practical steps. First, I would say we need to see it. So see it, choose it, and do something about it for forgiveness. We need to see it. We need to acknowledge what's been done. We need to see the unforgiveness in our heart. We need to see and acknowledge that something has been done to us, that we've been wronged. Can I tell you that a lot of uh, myself, okay, I think a lot of us, try to just gloss over stuff so we don't have to deal with it. Either so we don't have to confront the person or so, we just don't have to deal with the negative emotions. We just try to gloss over it. No big deal. Eh, I'm sure that it didn't mean anything. But you know when you've been hurt, don't you? Like, you know when it's like, it just keeps coming back to you. And so sometimes it's really healing to just recognize it, even if it's just to yourself. Or maybe to a trusted friend. I'm not talking about gossiping, but a, you know, a counselor, someone you really trust. And just acknowledge this hurt. You know, um... Mandy is not for me. I'm able to talk to her and just, you know, say like, help me work through these feelings. Help me process this a little bit. We need to work through this because if we bury them and they stay buried, they're just going to surface in other ways. So we need to see it and we need to choose to forgive. And I would say choose to forgive unconditionally. And there was actually a study that I read that talked about conditional forgiveness where the only time you forgive is this, if the person says they're sorry, that you actually have uh, far worse effects than if you choose to forgive unconditionally. So I thought it was very interesting. So your, your forgiveness is your gift that you give. You're not depending on them. And sometimes people won't say they're sorry. Sometimes people will think they're in the right, or sometimes people, you won't be able to talk to them because they have passed away. I mean, or, or you don't want to talk to them. It wouldn't be safe to talk to them. So can we learn to forgive unconditionally without them needing to give us something? What if you're in a relationship right now where you're continual in this It could be a spouse. Where you're in that relationship, it's not like anywhere you can go. And they won't offer, their, they won't say they're sorry. See, this is part of what following Jesus really gets down to like brass tacks. This is not like follow Jesus, it's easy. Right? Jesus is asking us to lay our lives down. Like, can we choose to be forgiving people? What would happen if we were more forgiving? What if, what if the church was known for being forgiving? That's radical. Like in the landscape of America right now, are we known for being the most forgiving people in the land? <laughs> what if we were known for being forgiving? And then, you know what? Sometimes you just have to do something about it. Sometimes you really do, do need to go sit down and say, listen, you hurt me. And, and, and this is how you hurt me. And we think the best of the person but like, let's talk it out. Or sometimes, you know, what I do sometimes. What I need to do sometimes is is write it out. So I'll just like get in. I, I have like a journal that I, that I keep online, and like I'll just like. I mean, have you ever done this? I've written like pretend emails or pretend letters. I don't send them, but it just like gets it out there. Sometimes you have to do something. Maybe you're like a symbolic type person. You have to do something symbolic. I don't know. There's a, sometimes actions, physical actions, release something that's on the inside. So. Let's choose to forgive others as God forgave us. And then we can experience that freedom instead of being bound. So we're gonna end now. We always end with a time of response and reflection uh, because we don't wanna just send you out of here after hearing all that amazing teaching, right? So, um, just kidding. All right, so we're gonna do one more song. Here's your choices. So you can sing, you can get prayer. Like my dad talked about earlier, there's people over there. Here's some things you can get prayer for if you're having a hard time forgiving someone. If you struggle with feeling like God forgives you, um, or today, if you're sick, we'd love to pray for your healing. And third, um, if you just want to sit there during the song and reflect on if you have any unforgiveness and, and what you could do. So um, I'd love to pray for you before we sing. Can you Would you mind standing up? I'm going to just pray over you. And then we'll sing our, our final song together. So, Jesus, we thank you that you are uh, the great forgiver and that you have forgiven me, that you've forgiven us, that even when we... Uh, I mean, you've chosen to forgive us for stuff we don't even know we're going to do yet. I mean, it's phenomenal the amount of love that you show us. And I pray for each of us where we have struggled to forgive, and some of us rightfully so, you know. We have really been hurt. And I know that this morning's talk could have been painful for some people, could have triggered some really deep emotions. And Jesus, I'm just going to ask that you would that you would just help us as, as those emotions have surfaced, that you would love us, that you would help us to have wisdom, how to walk through them. God, we don't minimize anybody's pain here. We pray that you would, though, enter into our pain. And where there's forgiveness that we can give, help us to see it, to acknowledge it, to, to say, yes, I was hurt, to choose it, even if the other person doesn't deserve it or, or doesn't ask for it, to choose to be a forgiving person and then to do something about it. We just thank you that you're a safe place, Jesus, that you know maybe we haven't seen that in in past religious experiences, but we thank you that you're a safe place, that you're not a scary place, that when we talk to you, that you're a safe place with our emotions, with our our baggage, with our pain, God. I just feel like there's some people here today who need to hear that, who need to hear that, that, that you can bring some of your past stuff to him, that he is safe. So listen, if you, if, you have, if you don't have your eyes closed yet, just close them for one second, please. I just want to ask a question. We do this usually. Um, if you're here today and you, um, you're you like, you know what? That whole thing about Jesus taking all of my debt, um, I've never done that. I've never said, I want to be a follower of Jesus. I want, Jesus, I want you to help me live my life. I want to give you my, my baggage and my pain. If you'd like to talk about that today, to, to initiate a relationship with Jesus, just raise your hand for a second. I'm not going to point you out. Uh, I just want to know so I can, I can talk to you afterwards. That's all. If you just raise your hand, um, if you'd like to have that first conversation with Jesus and, and start living with him. All right, so, Jesus, thank you for your love. And we just uh, want to sing this last song.